Mama, make it better for me, make it better for me, so I can make it better for my babies. Mama, make it better for me, make it better for me. Mama Sundry presents Mama, Kitchen Talk, a conversation me, series exploring so playful nuances of Black women babies. deep in thought Mama, around how the hell to get organized in healing our bodies, our thinking habits, relationships, and the earth. Now that's a lot of conversations, y'all. So come on and join us at the table. We at the table. We at the table. <laughs> What's up, Mama Sundry crew? We back again. We are here. We've got episode four. Nikki's in the house. Mama Sidio's in the house. And today we have a very special guest. My sissy, Amari Muna, a.k.a. the Spirit Doula. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We brought her here today because today we're going to talk about something that women need to be talking about all month, every month, which is our menstrual cycles. And Amari is a spiritual doula who's also one of the founding members of the All Retreats, which we have mentioned to y'all before, the Afro-Indigenous Afro <laughs> the Afro Indigenous Holistic Women's Retreat, which we're all a part of. She is one of the founding members. And so we just thought she could be the perfect person to come here and talk to us about womb health, how to have a healthier cycle, because it's very important. So thank you for being here. Thank you, guys. I'm honored to be in the space. Yes. Yay. Yes, indeed. So Where do we begin? Can we have a short check-in about how our relationships have been with our cycles? Probably, you know, from if they have a difference from when we were younger, preteens, teenagers, maybe even tell us how old you were when you started yours and maybe where you are with it, if it still exists today. Um, I started mine when I was like 11 or 12, and I still have the same thoughts about it. It's gross. It's the grossest thing. (laughs) I don't care what nobody say. It's nasty. But we've come to work it out together. (laughs) So we're one now. I take care of her and she take care of me, but it's still nasty. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Respect. Respect. For real. Um, Our guest. Well, okay. I started mine when I was about 11 or 12, too. Um, And I was very active when I started it. It's like physical activity. Mm -hmm. I was playing volleyball outside with my friends. And um, once it hit, it was just like, oh, my God, this is happening. But what exactly is it? What all does it entail? Mm -hmm. And I feel like over the years, it's revealed itself to me more and more what it really means and not just us bleeding or being tired or in pain, but Mm -hmm. it has shown correlation to so many other aspects in my life. And so now I'm just almost excited when it comes to see what needs to be released, what needs to be, you know, attended to in a sense Mm -hmm. or tended to in a sense. And it's an adventure now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's excited when it comes. I love that energy. I love that energy 100%. I would say for myself, I started my cycle when I was 13. I was so excited. All my friends were already um, women (laughs) in their minds. And I remember asking them for pads and tampons when I hadn't even started my cycle yet, just because like I wanted to be in the crew. (laughs) And I remember it started, it felt like such a big deal because my mom 
was like, this is a special time. I had a book. I had a pad that was in my top drawer for like two years, three years maybe before I had to use it. So I was very excited. And then soon after, I started to get a kind of physically challenging relationship with my cycle, which made me kind of hate it for a long period of time. And then more recently, I would say in the past maybe seven years or so, I've been learning how to take care of it so it is kinder to me and not really looking at it as something separate. It's a part of my life every day. So making sure that I'm doing the necessary things so that when the blood actually arrives, we already good. Like I knew you was coming. You knew I was coming. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so that's where we are now. Sometimes I have good months. Sometimes I have very rough rough months, but it is a relationship that is in constant development. Yes. Okay, yes. great. Um, I was 13 when I first started my cycle. Um, I was also very excited, like ready to be a woman and um, had been anticipating it and was one of my... Uh, one of the last amongst my group of friends. So, um, but of course, everyone else is around the same age range and I am the elder of the crew. So I'm into my, again, we, I'm always doing too, this too much TMI. This whole subject right. is TMI. So I'm about <laughs> three months with no cycle at this point at 51 years old and really hoping that this is the end of that particular cycle of my life and moving into menopause, which is a whole different discussion and why I have my fan sitting beside me right now. <laughs> okay. Yes. Congratulations. I feel like that is like an, an elevation. Yes. It is. Yes. I am officially an elder as yes. far as I'm concerned. And I was. it was important to me that while we're having these period conversations that we also address menopause, you know, because mm-hmm. um, you, some other, it's a different aspect of it. And so um, it's, it's interesting to I feel say like you least. reached the pinnacle of womanhood. Yes. She's yes. there. She, yes. She's a woman. Right. <laughs> so you brought up something a little earlier about the, what is it exactly, you know, uh, when you start your cycle. So I want to know, what did you know? What was, what, were you taught or told about cycles? Like how were you prepared? Yeah, how were you prepared? I don't know. I don't. I think just like the rest of the women said, just hearing about it from your friends. Like my mom never sat me down. We had an official talk. Anything about that? Read about it. Stuff. Health class, but nothing like in depth. We had a talk, like multiple talks. Really? I yes, had a book. Did. You bought me that book, or mm-hmm. okay. I had a book where it showed you how to put on a tampon. It was like all these cartoons Mm -hmm. with the girls with blood. And it was the cutest, the best book ever. (laughs) And it had me elated to start my cycle. The only thing that I remember my mom telling me is after I had started, probably this was the second day. And I wanted to wear these really bright capris. And she was like, you can't wear that. That's that's one of the things that I remember that my wardrobe shifted mm. when I'm on my cycle. And I'm yeah. like, what? These are my favorite pants. <laughs> it was interesting for me because my mom never liked pants. Mm-hmm. So her introduction for me was this advice of familiarizing myself with a tampon because she knew that I was active and I like oh, dancing. Okay. I like 
playing. I like mm-hmm. doing a lot of things. So she introduced me to a tampon first, which surprisingly did not hurt. I mean, like I thought it would or like I heard it would with other people. Perhaps you have a wide set vagina. I mean, <laughs> from all of the activity. <laughs> it worked out very well. I was happy to, to start off with that. But eventually I uh-huh. evolved from that after learning and, you know, becoming more comfortable <laughs> with my blood. I'm sorry. I'm sitting here laughing, thinking about my first time with a tampon. Failure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, um, this is right. <laughs> I don't think this is going to go in there. Let me just go get it. And, and, you know, learning over time, you know, when a tampon will work because, mm-hmm. you know, moisture is ne- necessary for that thing not to be <laughs> painful, wrong, mm-hmm. whatever. So let's talk through how we've evolved since then. What you started using, what are you using mm-hmm. now? Do you have an earth friendly relationship with your blood? I want to know. Man. Tell me. <laughs> oh, gosh. So I started I started with a pad. Then, you know, as you became like more older, I went into a tampon. Then I got very scared of like toxic shock syndrome. Yes. So I went back thing. to a pad. But then a few years later, I went back to, or I didn't go back to, but I started using organic pads, um, no pesticides, no chemicals. Yes, ma'am. You know, that's how I am. That's how I roll. That's what I'm and talking about. And now I'm on Honey Pot, so, and I'm never going back. Shout out Honey Pot, <laughs> always <laughs> talking about black businesses over here. Oh, yes. So success. I, like I said, started off with tampons, um, and then eventually I evolved into using pads. Mm-hmm. But like for one month, and that month I was like, okay, now I see what my mom was talking about. <laughs> um, and by that time, though, I was in college. Mm-hmm. I started like at the yeah, I was in college, and I left the tampons because toxic syndrome. But also, I just felt like I wanted to become a little bit more familiar with my blood. But it was like a baby step type mm-hmm. of thing. So when I started with the pants, I was like, okay, well, maybe at that time, I think that was my first time hearing about the cups. Okay. Um, and I experimented with using the Diva cups. And for some reason, that was better than the past to me because I guess that was the intimacy that I was looking for as opposed to having the past just sit. I feel like I was just sitting in my blood all day with or just with the pads on so with using the cups it was like okay I enjoy the intimacy of taking the 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 cup out and then like feeling my blood in that way but not like all day Mm -hmm. um like the pads were and then I evolved from using the cups because I was like okay this don't make sense actually (laughs) (laughs) kind of similar to Tampons. They're so uncomfortable yeah, to me. They, now that it wasn't, I don't know. Maybe that's just <laughs> your wide spread. <laughs> they start your girls like these. We have bigger lips, room, you know. <laughs> so that wasn't necessarily uncomfortable, but it just it was just a, a natural arriving to. Okay, this doesn't make sense either. And I evolved into organic pads too. Um, so that's where I am now, organic pads, um, t- intending to go like free flow, you okay. know, at some point. But like with the periods, they have decreased over time. The more that I've 
paid attention to my relationship with my blood and cultivating that in a different way, they have decreased over time. And so that's why I say eventually I can see myself just free flowing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I have to talk about mine. Yes. <laughs> mine is very important. Yes. <laughs> I have to plug what I feel like is the best thing that I've discovered with my cycles, which is period panties. I started with pads only for a long time. I went into tampons because I didn't like the way it felt to sit into a pad. I think we've all come Mm -hmm. to that space at different times. And recently, within the past year, I've been on period panties. I specifically use NYX because that's just my favorite one right now. But wearing them for hours, being able to feel still like myself, but recognizing that I'm still on my cycle. And also what you were saying about the intimacy with the blood, there's something about the fact that I have to rinse them with my hands that to me, you have to be imaginative sometimes with how you build a relationship with your cycle. So Mm -hmm. for me to think about it, like I'm cleansing myself, I'm able to touch this thing that I've been afraid of or grossed out by at different times in my life. It feels good and I wash my hands right afterwards and then I wash them and I wear them again mm-hmm. I feel like an earth champion <laughs> I have not bought pads in so long and I feel very good about that and I think that we should all give those period panties I'm just a saying, try the way that you talk about it, y'all make me feel like very childish with my relationship with my period I'm watching your true. face I think you it's true I think you should we are here to talk about all different types of aspects and relationships, and we all learn from each other. Mm-hmm. So either you stay there or you don't. Right. <laughs> it's up to I think you. I'm going to stay here because I don't think I'm washing the blood. <laughs> it's not bad. Like, you, t- you see water and blood. So it's like, anyway, I get it. <laughs> I understand. I do too. Oh, wow. Okay. So, of course, being born in the 70s, I was able to witness a major evolution of uh, period yeah, products. What was that like? And so I remember under the sink, my mother having the belts. Belts? They used to be not adhesive pads. You would have a regular pad with no um, glue or whatever on it, and you had to wear a belt to keep your pad on. This is interesting. Yes. <laughs> And they used to have little snaps and the belt part was made out of plastic. Like it looked so uncomfortable. Thankfully, by the time I started in the 80s, we had various pads, but not nearly as many brands as there are now. Like it's a whole aisle of period products. It was not like that. Um, But I did start off with pads, which were like there were no sizes and all of that. You just had a diaper-like pad to wear, you know, which would be pretty thick, long, whatever. Um, So feeling like you're sitting in it, like Mm -hmm. it was for sure feeling like that. It wasn't all this mesh top, whatever kind of stuff they had, um, which probably healthier at the time. I don't know. But I started my first time trying a tampon. I was 15. First of all, the first cycle I had, I was with my father. So that was an interesting experience. And then the first time I tried a tampon, I was living with my father and it was like stuck in there. Like it was crazy. I didn't know what I was doing. And me at 15 trying to put that that end of virgin, you know, just trying to oh, put that oh, in, trying oh, to pull it out. Like it was, just it was painful. 
Oh, no. Um, so for most of my, I mean, like in my twenties, I was straight tampons. And but also back in the day when we didn't have cell phones, you would sit on the toilet and read whatever was in the bathroom, right? Mm-hmm. So while I'm reading the bo- back of this tampon box, talking about warning, toxic shock syndrome, all this other stuff, I was like, hmm, hmm this doesn't seem right, mm-hmm. you know. So actually, for the last. 10 years of my cycle, free flow. But also I didn't have as much to worry about. Like women with very heavy flows could not do that. Also, I think it depends on how you're shaped, shaped, you know, because, you know, some people I'm completely enclosed, just nothing's getting out. So I can just go to the bathroom, wipe and keep going. But not everybody can do that. So that has been my experience with what I use you know, any times it was somewhat heavy, I might, roll, you know, do our emergency thing, roll up some tissue and mm-hmm. stick it down there. But being that I don't usually wear panties, that's that was a bit of a concern. All right. That was what she was talking about with that TMI thing right there. So. But I'm still stuck on this belt. So <laughs> right, that's so I'm fascinating. Sorry. So I had to go back. You know, I looked it up. And it was also invented by a black woman. So. Wow. Be, but because before What's then, her name? Her name is Mary Patrice Davidson Kenner. Turn up, Miss Ken- Davidson you. Kenner. We ancestral reverence. Yes. yes, yes. And so prior to that, you know, women were just using rags and washing them out. He say thank you to a black woman today. Yes, and but now we've re- reversed that. We're going to the period panties. I'm not. That your wrist. I think you should try you them, will. Nikki. And another thing, when it comes to cleaning them, <laughs> is I would take them off in the shower and rinse them in the shower. So See, even I'm if you try them, right? You don't want to yeah. do that. You don't want to do that. Well, it ain't that. for everybody, but if it's for you, I think you should give it a try because, like, the two most sustainable things are the cups mm-hmm. and the panties. There also are reusable pads, which I haven't got into those yet, but I do think I want to try them just as a backup for, you know, if all my panties are occupied probably with like the blood the- of Talibah the Christ. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> anyway. Uh- <laughs> okay, so can we talk about other external factors? Because we all talked about trying to move away from the things that we knew were unhealthy. Mm-hmm. But what other external factors have affected your cycle over time? Like certain mm-hmm. foods you yeah. eat? Definitely my diet. Whether or not you have sex, stress, water. Yeah, definitely my water intake. Mm -hmm. I up it way more, like before the start and while I'm on. Okay. Do you have, do y'all cramp? Yes, but it's not like the cramping that I hear about from some other lovely ladies where they're like on their knees. It's like, that that hurts. Let me keep going. Right. Mine aren't really cramps. It's. It's just uncomfort. Yeah, it's like a a notification that, like, my, I guess it is a cramp, though, that my uterus just kind of tightens. But that's usually just the day before. But the day that I'm on, it feels like, or the day that at my first day, it just feels like my... Vagina is opening up. I feel like it's. I feel like my uterus is going to fall out. (laughs) Some, that is, but it doesn't feel like a cramp. So I don't. I've never had like painful, debilitating, having to be still in the bed, like that type of thing. 
consciously, but now I do make sure that I am resting and not moving a lot, mm-hmm. not because I'm cramping, but just because I know that was, that's what my body needs. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. I started off with like nothing, like teen years and whatever, maybe a little, like you can feel contraction a little bit, but it was when I got older, maybe when like perimenopause, as I was getting like transitioning, I all of a sudden, sudden started having some days of like, oh my God, I got to be in the bed. Like it was crazy, but it wasn't something that I had experienced throughout. They're so intense for me, which is why I have to have a good relationship with my cycle. Because if I don't do the things all month, if I don't take the supplements all month, for me, um, meat intake definitely affects my cycle. Salt intake definitely affects my cycle. And just making sure that my diet complements my cycle is very important for me. And those cramps, y'all, if you have not experienced them, I really believe that when it's time for me to push out a child, I'm going to slip that thing right on out and keep it moving, considering how much I've been through with these cramps. Like, they are so intense. So I was going to ask about if y'all, speaking of those outside things, if you've had to take any supplements or anything, what has worked Mm -hmm. for you? I started off... um, I started off with my dog. Like, that's what my mom swore by. And then as I got older, just because I moved away from medicine in general, Mm -hmm. I don't take anything anymore. But I can definitely attest, my dog is it. (laughs) (laughs) From from my (laughs) earlier years, my dog had your girl in there. So they still make my dog? I didn't even know. I, I think, think so it's because when thing. my sister started there, my mom was like, I have my dog. I'm like, where'd you find it? Oh my goodness. <laughs> but it ain't my business. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so funny for me because I didn't realize that pain relievers were for like when we were on that cycle. Mm-hmm. Like there was something that you could take to alleviate the pain. Um, but that was because I wasn't experiencing that type of pain. So I I feel like the supplements that I use now are just to assist with toning my uterus and making sure that, you know, I'm not bleeding as much as I used to in the past because of what I was eating um, or because of what I was experiencing emotionally or things like that. So um, now, I mean, I love digestive enzymes. I love probiotics. I love kombuchas, all of those things throughout the month. Um, and Dairy-free yogurt, like all of those things Mm -hmm. assist with making sure that when it is time for me to release the blood, that it is not as bearing or as long as what it used to be in the past. Ladies, definitely avoid the dairy. Please avoid the dairy. It's going to help so much. Please Please do. Also the caffeine. Chill out on the caffeine. Sugar, too. Yeah. For myself with supplements, um, probiotics for sure. Raspberry leaf tinctures, raspberry leaf teas are definitely great for me. Um, Turmeric is something that I really enjoy consuming as well. Mm -hmm. And recently I've been trying evening primrose and dong kwai. Any experience with those? No, I can definitely attest to the raspberry tea, especially Mm -hmm. the leaf teas. It's a game changer. It really sure. is. And look, a little heat on that uterus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, a yes. little Bertram's belly rub. A little yes. Bertram's belly Bertram's rub. Bertram's belly rub is great. <laughs> I definitely is. did use Don Kwa back in the day. Um, I hope we're saying that right because I do correct. not know. Don okay. Kwa, um, because of, like you said, kind of, uh, that's not the word you're about to say, conditioning. You use some other words speaking about 
um, toning. toning. It helps with the toning. Um, also, it increases libido. So, you know, okay. that's a good thing. And I that's I that's what you want. Oh, my goodness. But now I am working on um, uh, developing some teas and tinctures and things like that for menopausal symptoms, you know. I'm looking forward now, to Now, I will that. say I was not thinking about um, my womb stings when it comes to, mm-hmm. you know, supplemental help. Mm-hmm. But that was definitely something that changed my life in college. When I did my <laughs> first womb sting, also the first thing that increased my fertility, I got pregnant with twins. After the first time doing, after my first time doing a womb steam, but I definitely noticed that after having my babies, going back or getting used to having a cycle, but including the womb steams with it shifted the whole dynamics of, it was like a, a an evolution, um, an evolutionary step into understanding cycles. And that's when I began to see the correlation between my emotions, what I was experiencing Mm -hmm. energetically, Mm -hmm. um, conversations that I would be having, how important it is to use my throat and that correlating with my vagina, how I'm talking, what I'm saying. What do you mean when you say use your throat? You're talking about conversationally? Yeah. (laughs) The words that I'm saying. I just want to specify. Listen, it's important for that too. But the words that I'm saying... um, Um, and the type of conversations that I'm having, you know, I feel like sometimes we just have empty, you know, sometimes, um, thoughtless, yeah, Mm -hmm. conversations that get us nowhere, but seeing how important it was to speak about things that I really wanted to be happening or that I really want to feel in my body when I'm saying these words and seeing the correlation between that change and, my, and that changing my language, essentially. So that changing and then seeing that, the correlation in my vagina's health and my womb health um, really just shifted my relationship and my willingness to endure mm-hmm. <laughs> my cycles, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, that is all a testament to the womb steams and how important it is for us to build a relationship with it. I'm not saying we have to do it every month, but definitely a cycle, like every three months, every season change, you know, something like that, that will increase your awareness of where your womb is. I love that suggestion. If you are curious about places to find womb stings, do you have any suggestions of where folks can find them? I actually do. There's this sister that I feel once I shifted from creating them for myself and from uh, for a few sisters that I know, I uh, was able to connect with another sister here in Memphis and her name is uh, the Yoni brand. That well, that's the name of her business, the Yoni brand. And she creates tinctures too that I am a very big fan of for toning. Again, toning I think is one of my biggest things because I've had twins, y'all. Look, it's a lot of toning that had to be done. <laughs> so um, yeah, she has steams, tinctures, and teas, but that's one of them. Um, and like you said, the birch and belly rub before you come on your cycle and after, not mm-hmm. during, not while you're bleeding, but using it before and after for me 
is definitely uh, it helps with the blood flow and then afterwards it helps with retrieving and making sure that you know the brown yeah. that comes afterwards is yeah. minimized yeah mm-hmm. you use it during though right um it depends but for the most part i use it before like okay like she said i get a notification that it's about right, to happen right, so right, i use right. it for that time and then while i'm on i usually don't get any cramps so i right. love that i love that well we are rolling that back out soon we'll talk about that more later that bomb coming out yeah. to help you all with yes. your cycle we're thinking about ways to have more wellness in everyday aspects of our lives wellness that matters yeah for my babies mama make it better for me make it better for me mama make it better for me make it better for me so i can make it better for my babies mama make it better for me make it better for me Mama, make it better for me, make it better for me, so I can make it better for my babies. Mama, make it better for me, make it better for me. So we've talked a lot about our personal relationships with our cycle, but we definitely were intentional with bringing Amari here today because she has done a lot of conscious and personal research with womb health. And she's had a lot of sisters to be able to attest with noticing having a more conscious and mindful relationship with their bodies and their cycles from the research that she's done with herself. So I would love to hear some of your thoughts, some of your suggestions so that people can move forward more mindfully with their cycles in the coming months. For sure. I think that it's best for me in this moment to just kind of highlight and draw a correlation between the conflicts that we may have throughout the month with ourselves first and foremost, because, you know, the people around us are only reflecting those in that internal conflict that we carry within ourselves. So drawing correlation between understanding those conflicts um, and being willing to navigate that and come to a resolution or conclusion um, within yourself, not necessarily within with that other person if somebody else is involved or if it's an environmental thing or societal thing, but coming to a, a, a conclusion within yourself consciously and on purpose so that when the cycle does arrive, those cramps or those challenges that we navigate during those first few days are kind of minimized because it's a a willingness there to navigate that challenge just the way that it is when we navigate those conflicts or challenges throughout the month. Um, And that has brought a lot of change and just, like I said, adventure towards wanting to see, okay, how well did I do this month Mm -hmm. with solving my problems, with not avoiding, with not ignoring, with um, victimizing in a sense too, um, these issues that I'm navigating throughout the month. They are definitely going to be revealed when we're on our cycle. So I'm always about accountability and making sure that we can look at ourselves in the mirror all the time so that when it does come for us to hear and see ourselves through our blood, it is understood and it's not a mystic thing, you know? Um, So that's what I want to draw, I guess, highlight um, first. And then the second thing is, y'all, oh my God, I am... (laughs) I'm excited to share this because I feel like it's a thing. Like, this needs to be another 
conversation about how we can supply like period presence for ourselves. Like um, we know that the time is coming. It's going to happen during that month. But of course, we like to take baths. We like to do those natural self-care things. But what kind of present can we give to ourselves or give to our sister or our mothers and aunts when we know that they're, you know, on or they are about to navigate themselves in that way? Like, I feel like honoring and celebrating that time is something that we did in the beginning when we first find, find found out. But over time, it just becomes this mundane thing. But we can kind of just recreate and build uh, a natural enthusiasm for it again by gifting and celebrating and honoring it in some kind of way. Um, so, yeah, that's the second thing that I like to highlight. I want to take up too much I'm here time. For the I period love present. the we period presence. Yes. I will be doing that starting now. Yes. Who's bleeding? <laughs> Send me a I will next week. Yes. Send me all snacks. I think we may have started like that with you with the girls day out after you first started. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Making it a celebration. I don't of- know. I just remember the trauma of laying on the floor at school like someone call my mother. Help me <laughs> oh now. Gosh. That's yeah. what I remember. Yeah. <laughs> But okay, that was beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. So now we're going to ease our way into our favorite part of the show. This or that. Let's play this or that. Yeah. Okay. So sex or no sex. Oh, Ooh. I had that written down as gotcha. I had it written down as red towel days or nah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm gonna have to say it's a no for me, dog. It's a no. It's definitely. I feel like an orgasm is different from sex during the cycle. There's a way that I can see an orgasm without being penetrated. Talk and about I'm definitely it. Definitely for it. Give us a little more I'm detail about that, it. please. So, okay. This is one of the ways that I build intimacy and um just I guess an emotional connection with my man. You know, it extends beyond the physical penetration. Mm-hmm. I am a Scorpio, so at heart, orgasm is like life for me. It's okay. a necessity. So being able to explore different ways. On obtaining that orgasm, whether it's through physical touch, whether it's through us breathing together, whether it's through me pleasuring other parts of my body that brings me an orgasm while I am bleeding, it has given me a different um, perspective of what an orgasm is, too, um, because, again, the, it it I've seen for myself that it has retracted the blood as in there's not as much as much blood released. I'll say that. And I feel for me, that's good because when I'm bleeding, I get low on my iron. I get low on my energy. I get low. It's a lot of lows that I hit, you know? So for me to kind of decrease the amount of blood that I lose, it really helps. And orgasm, is one of the ways that I do it. Not every cycle, but definitely, you know, when when I'm up to it, when I feel like I need that emotional and 
you know, I love to hear it. Now, I am definitely, definitely was always a no on sex, but Mm -hmm. I am, yes, on the orgasms. And I didn't think of it as this, you know, intimate, nothing deep. Mm -hmm. My thing was, you know how like they tell you to change your breathing pattern or hold your breath when you have hiccups to shift the that's rhythm. Yes. That's what I feel the orgasm like does for me. It's like a reset. It's like you're in there doing your thing. And I'm like, nah, we're going to switch that contraction mm-hmm. to a different type of energy. And it creates like a reset for me. Also, like if anything extra is up in there trying to hold on, I'm like pushing oh, on yeah, out. Okay. So it was more, right. Yeah. It was to me more of a, a, a logical process than a spiritual or emotional mm-hmm. whatever but same result it sounds like <laughs> transmutation too yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. from one Definitely. energy to another mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. usually though this is me alone though like i don't i'm not doing the <laughs> getting help for this <laughs> i got this sometimes i'm on a mission no but i get it mm-hmm. but also my husband didn't so it is what it is so are y'all when you're navigating Eating a lot or no eating? No appetite. I definitely don't have an appetite during. Mm. But before, yeah. It fluctuates. Mm. Like in the beginning, it's like no eating. And mm-hmm. then like that's me. somewhere midway through, I'm like, give me all the food. Ravenous. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I could eat like an entire cow like before. <laughs> and I'm, I'm vegetarian again. So that's definitely not the deal. But. During, I have no appetite whatsoever. Is that why your hat says don't eat the homies? Don't eat the homies. I just wow. noticed that her hat says don't eat the homies. And I'm noticing there is a bird of some sort, a fish. A cow. A cow. A cow. A pig, the homies. And then a horse, I believe. I'm like, I don't oh, know why horse. But you know. people are. Oh, I be eating some of those, some of your homies. But I still like that hat. And I want one. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so, day before... This is when I, you you know, like there are other signals, but my signals might last a few days Mm -hmm. of a cycle coming. But the day before, when I realized I have eaten every 30 minutes, like (laughs) I can't get enough food in my mouth. I Mm -hmm. know tomorrow Mm -hmm. I'm starting. Mm -hmm. Like that is a big signal because then I realized, okay, why am I so hungry? hungry? Why am I eating all the things? Mm -hmm. And so, yes, that is, that's my reality right there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just grabbing things out the fridge. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. going to be good. And he's some of that. And now I got a jar of olives, a piece of chocolate. And all the things. Like, all the things so that leads into my question, this or that. Did you answer your question? I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. So salty or sweet? With the snacks. Both. Yes, with the snacks. What are you craving more than anything else if you have Both. cravings? Both. Like I have a craving of... I'm not giving it up. I don't. I don't think I ever will. But hot Cheetos and chocolate. Like I know my period is starting when I crave those things together. Hot, hot Cheetos send my send my cramps to hell. They like, don't. It like makes me so. I don't know. It makes me feel fulfilled. <laughs> I'm a salty girl all day. Like with my mm-hmm. snacks, but every once in a while during my cycle, I want a chocolate bar, mm-hmm. but not often. I definitely do crave chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely a salty girl, but I know, and I'm about to come on when I want something sweet. Mm-hmm. When I'm on, I don't. Mm-hmm. Right, it's like that ship is sealed. For me, it could be either for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, back in the day when it was a concern, 
fried chicken and french fries or chocolate. Okay. Those were my two directions that it could go, go in. in. Yeah. I mean, not that it couldn't be other sweet things or other but it was salty definitely... things. Man, I was like, ooh, where is the Jack Purse? Honey hot wings. Yeah. No, no, just just hot. Oh, you said hot wings. Hot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do y'all drink or not during your cycle? Is it a time where you specifically do not drink? Or do you ever consume alcohol when you're on your cycle? Mm-mm. No. No, Mm-mm. I don't. That's going to cause me problems. Not unless I'm at an event. I'm like, dang, I can't not drink. I <laughs> am the one. I love to drink red wine when I'm on my cycle. Really? It is. Well, I, I'm also the only one who says that I've cramped throughout my whole cycle. So that's part of the thing. I used to take a, I used to take four leaves every month on the first day of my cycle. And what I realized is that relief that that Aleve gave me, I tried smoking marijuana, which was a no-go for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't work at all. It, mm-hmm. it definitely increases the cramps for me. But I started to drink a glass of red wine, and that really helps me. It really does. Wow. So on, like, you're on a, a scale of 1 to 10 with your pain when you do drink the wine. How is it? It is bearable. I can live my life okay. when I. What kind? Get the Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay. Yeah, Cabernet. Oh no, 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 no sugar. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to increase my sugar yeah. intake really during my cycle. So a a nice Cabernet Sauvignon. It also feels to me there's something about it visually that matches what's happening down there. It's mm-hmm. just like <laughs> creating yeah. a whole vibe. It's a whole yeah. vibe. It works mm-hmm. for me. And so on this journey of. Um, eliminating you know taking pills and stuff that's been something that has been helpful to me Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that used to be a philosophy back in the day of drink red wine eat red meat to assist (laughs) you know to replace it maybe it's because of the iron yeah yeah Yeah. very much so that makes a lot that was the thing because that's when i crave meat the most is right before my yeah Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh makes sense so do y'all have any other this or that that you want to propose to the crew? I don't know. I feel like we kind of discussed them kind of all mm. in conversation, especially I have. Yeah. Oh, yay. yay! People or no people? No Man, people. No people. No people. No people. Stop Leave. talking to me. <laughs> I, need, I need to use my husband here and there or somebody who loves me to just touch my uterus because. It's something about somebody who loves you touching your uterus when those contractions are going wild that just helps everything to relax. Mm -hmm. But I'm just using you for getting things from me (laughs) or touching my uterus. What about are you dressing cozy or are you dressing cute? Oh, I'm cozy, baby. Girl. If I'm dressing at all, what do you mean? Right. Right. <laughs> do I, I have clothes? Even thinking about clothes. <laughs> no. You better be glad that I am not standing here naked. Well, this is just the first day for me. After my first day, my life functions fairly normally. Okay. Sometimes the second day I'm tired because if I had a heavy flow, but a lot of times I'm moving back to normal on my second day because my flow isn't usually heavy. So See, I like to do the complete opposite because of the way I'm feeling. I like to be cute. Mm-hmm. I that love that. Sense. I love yeah. that. I you might must have not to try bloat that. much. Um, not right. I, not that much. I don't guess, but mm-hmm. I, I dress down when I'm home. But if I'm out, I like to be. No, I get it. I don't own sweatpants, y'all. Mm-hmm. I love that for you. Honestly, I think that's wonderful. Dressing up during your cycle. 
I would like to say um, before we close out, I really do want to bring attention to menopause. I feel like we don't talk about that at all. Um, not that we're about to get into a deep discussion about that now, but it's just like society. Society tends to not see older women, period. Mm-hmm. Like we ignore older women. And so the discussion of what menopause is like or how you know when you're approaching that or whatever is something we need to be having more discussions about. Okay. We act like it's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Or if people do think about it, they think, oh, you're, you know, send you out to pasture. Because, you know, you're you're no longer useful. But I think it's important um, to make sure that we have those conversations, because once I hit that what they call perimenopausal stage, um, I really needed to talk to other women about what was happening with me. When did you hit that? I think I've been perimenopausal for about the last two, three years. Um, And it is like a constant state of PMS. Oh, goodness gracious. You don't know what your emotions are going to do. You don't know what temperature your body is going to be happy at. You will have cravings, you know, or not want to eat, struggle sleeping, you know, all of that kind of stuff goes on. Um, And then recently I've noticed some other physical things, but I just feel like these are conversations the same way that many young women didn't get conversations about what a period really is and what's going to happen. We don't get that conversation. I mean, we get menopause conversation even less. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just hear hot flashes and that's, that's it. All right. Hot flashes and mm-hmm. no bleeding. Right. That's a real thing. But there are ma- there are many other oh, things going yeah. on. And I just feel like um, y'all start studying. Not at this age. Y'all don't have to worry about it. But knowing what it looks like and what's going to come you up. Just saying, and You said constant PMS. And I'm like, I mean, right. I'm I talking about them period prisons. About I'm that. like, I need them every you day. Need menopause. <laughs> I think we should definitely start doing some digging into knowing what that's like so that we can have more compassion for our, how would we say, definitely for our seasoned women, for our next step. But, you know, compassion for Mm -hmm. our mothers and what they're going through as well. So I'm here for that. And thank you for highlighting that. Holding it down for the old bitties. Uh, I'm just playing. (laughs) Old but fine. Old but fine. Yes. Okay, y'all. So we've done it again. Episode four in the bag. Thank you so much to our beautiful guests for coming here today and shining a light on us and our listeners. We are always glad to join y'all at the table. Be sure to listen to us again week after next when we'll be talking about I don't even know yet, but just come to the table because it's a fun place to be. So like always, hear us next time. Hear us next time, See y'all. y'all. Thank you, guys. Peace, gang, gang. <laughs> Thank you.